You ready? I don't know if you noticed when you drove in this week, but there's a ton of work done out there this week. I mean, the underlay for the uh, plumbing is done. They're finishing up the stuff that goes under the slab for the electric. We expect the road bands to be lifted this week, and so we're going to be doing some pre-pouring before you pour, and I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about. I really don't, but they're doing a lot of stuff out there, you know, and then you notice they got some of the steel structure up for the entryway. Those are the gates. We're going to enter those gates with thanksgiving in our heart. People are going to come in broken and scattered and hurting, and they're going to come out meeting Christ, whole, empowered, sent out. Just the coolest thing. God is getting ready to do some awesome things. So we really do encourage you to get involved. If you haven't figured out how, we've got these other ways. We've got these cards that are in your seat. I do want to have one point of clarification, is that particularly during the month of June, uh, but May and early June, we really got to stick with the rule that no one under 16 can be on the slab. And so uh, if you were planning on bringing kids, particularly young kids, that, that can't happen, but there are other ways you and your family can get involved and talk to Laura. One thing is, is that overnight security thing, uh, that actually can be really fun. So basically what you do is you stay up all night and watch Netflix and walk around, which ordinarily I don't en- encourage walking Netflix all night, but this is for the Lord, so it's all right, I think. Uh, just be careful what you watch, you know. And, but the thing is, is last time I did that with my kids, the first time, we had just the greatest adventures around here, staying up all night, and it was just a very cool thing. So... Um, there are ways to get involved, and you want to get involved. Now, now, there's one way where all of us can get involved, and we have to take this thing seriously because here's the deal. God expects us to make plans. He wants us to have good plans, well thought out, you know, plans that are led by his spirit. He, and he wants us to work those plans, and he wants us to come along and, and work as though this project depends on us. But then he wants us to pray like this project depends on him. And so I want to call everybody to this thing of prayer because we're going to need about a couple hundred, maybe a thousand miracles this summer. We need things to just match up in perfect ways and the perfect person at the perfect time. And that's one of the coolest things about being part of this is you see God do awesome things like every single day. And so, but that happens through the power of God, the spirit of God. So I want to challenge you to be praying that the plans that God has led us to make, that he would fill it with his Holy Spirit power. And indeed, that's what we want to talk about this weekend. I want to talk to you about prayer. And I want to start asking a couple questions about prayer. And I want you to ask you, just be real with yourself here in your spirit, all right? Here's the first question I want to ask you. Is prayer real in your life? Is prayer real in your life? Let me ask you this question. Is prayer powerful in your life? That is to say, it it really changes you. It really affects how you live. You see the effects of your prayers in and around you and how you live and things you pray about, you see God move. Is your prayer powerful? Let me ask you this question. Is, Is prayer the source of the greatest joy in your life? Is prayer the source of the greatest joy in your life? And one more question. Is prayer the greatest comfort of your life? Now, now I didn't ask those questions, you know, for you to get all down on yourself and say, nope, 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 great. Okay, that's not what I want. What what I really hope, and this is my heart for us as a people, for you as a person, for for you to become just, just deeply desirous of that, for you to recognize that wherever you're in your journey, wherever your prayer life is at in your journey, North Venue, wherever your prayer life is in your journey, wherever you are at, your prayer life could get deeper. And, and if you're saying to yourself, boy, I don't know that I'm feeling joy in prayer, that you would just want that. 
That, you know what, I'm not getting comfortable. You would just want that. You would want power in your prayer, and you would want prayer to be real in your life. I remember when I was a younger uh, person and a younger pastor, the truth is, Prayer was kind of a, a, a hard topic for me because I was a doer. I was going. I was making my plans. I was working my plans, getting my results. It wasn't good when I was young. And so, so, so doing all these things. And I grew up in, a, in a, an environment. I grew up in the Catholic Church where prayer was an external thing. That is to say, it was all about praying the right prayers at the right time and the right way and getting the right formula. It was actually more like Harry Potter than it was about anything else. If I can just get this formula right, boom, then I'll get the things I want. And for me, prayer was about, you know what, staying out of trouble with God, okay? And then it was about if I needed something, God, I'm just going to kind of lay this out for you. And, and I remember there was just this, this, this kind of burden of prayer that was put on me. I remember when I was Catholic, I'd go to confession, and there were like three priests, because the whole class went to Catholic school, went to confession. I always went, there's one priest, just said, please not him, please not him, please. Because whenever I went to him, no matter what I did, even if I didn't do a lot of bad stuff, you know, even no matter what I did, I was going to get, he was going to say, well, for your, your penance, I'd like you to do a rosary. A whole rosary? That's like 50 Hail Marys and like 10, you know, Our Fathers. And there's like three or four other prayers that I haven't really memorized. I'm going to have to look them up. I mean, come on, a rosary? And there's this idea that prayer was this oppressive thing. I remember I had this long prayer list that I used to just, in a panic state, go through in my bed at night. Just, oh, God, please. And I, and I was always afraid I was going to miss something. So to end my prayers, I was saying, oh, God, please bless everything. Just I'm sorry if I forgot something. And so prayer was this just heavy thing of I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it enough. Now, I want to just share that, that something shifted in me over the years, and particularly over the last 10 years, and especially over the last five years, I can honestly say to you that prayer is, is more real in my life than it's ever been before. I, I can actually share with you that prayer is the greatest joy in my life. I, I can honestly say with you that, that prayer is the greatest source of comfort in my life. I, I can share with you that, that my prayer life is powerful. It changes me and it changes things around me in the most profound way. And, and that's what I would deeply like for you. I'd like prayer to be foundational. And I remember a, a pivotal point in this conversation about prayer with God. I was reading through the Bible and I wasn't reading for myself. I was reading for you people. You know, I was studying and so to fix you. And so God showed up and he fixed me and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he brought me to this verse in the scripture and it just stopped me in my tracks. This is what it said. It said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And I, I tried to turn the page. I tried to move on. But it's like the Spirit of God just stopped my tracks. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Because I recognized that I was in full go mode and that prayer had become very small in my life and that God was speaking to me about all kinds of things, but I was just running past. I was hardening myself to the point that I wasn't even listening. I just kind of shut, you know, got out, you know, like, a, like an angry teenager just putting up a wall against parents. I had just done that with God. And, and I was starting to become hardened and bitter. And so what I want to say to you this week is that I'm convinced of this. The Spirit of God is going to speak to you this week. As an individual, he's going to speak. He's going to say something to you. So at that time, that day, if, if, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Let's, let's pray for a minute. Father, we just invite you to come into this place. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. Teach us, convict us, 
Teach us to pray. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, all of this is central to what we've been talking about for the last several weeks, this thing of well-being, this thing of being in a place where your inner life is healthy. And we talked several weeks ago now about this thing of what happens when we neglect our inner life, when we live an external life, which is about doing, and we're not making thoughtful decisions, we're just going through life, and what happens in our life with anxiety and sadness and isolation, all those kinds of things like that. And, And we started this three weeks ago, and so this is the message I've been really excited about, and I had to wait like three weeks to get to this because we had the introductory message. Then we had Snowmageddon, you know, and so we didn't have church. And then Grant was supposed to speak on Snowmageddon, and, and he didn't. But that message last week had to be shared. And aren't you very grateful for Pastor Grant and that message last week? That was just the spirit of yeah, the power of God, the spirit of God was just all over that. Well, this week, what I want to challenge you with is this thing of prayer. Let me just remind you of a couple things we've been saying. One is, is that there's one who fights for your soul. There is a battle going on over your inner life. John 10, 10, it says, the thief, the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates you. He wants to destroy your soul. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have life abundantly. And the key to an abundant life is not the outer life. It's not the temporary things we can't control and we can't keep anyway, but it's the inner life. And last, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about what happens when we neglect our inner life. And we said several things, but one of the things we said happens is that our gauges get stuck. And remember, we had this conversation about the internal things going on and, and what happens when our different gauges get stuck. Like in Psalm 6, 6, we said, we start becoming weary with moaning. Every night we flood our beds with tears. We dream wrench our couch with weeping. And that's what happens when our gauges get stuck. And we gave four examples of what happens when your gauges get stuck, that the ordinary person, you know, might have their anxiety gauge every day at a one or two. And so if something happens a little disturbing, they get up to a four or a five and they can handle it. But when you neglect your inner life, that gauge slowly starts getting up and it gets stuck. And so you live at an eight. So a little bit of stress, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of uncertainty blows you past the breaking point. Some people's sadness, when you neglect your inner life, when your soul is not doing well, you just find yourself and it gets stuck. And so a little bit of salad, sadness, a Hallmark commercial has you in tears. You're just wondering what the heck's wrong with me. And that's the guy. So I'm just saying, all right, you know, that's what's going on. And then there's the anger thing. And a lot of guys, particularly, and, and ladies struggle with this. I just find myself angry all the time. I live in an eight. And because I'm at an eight, you know, little offenses, little slights, even perceived slights, just, I just, I am responding disproportionately. And people are getting afraid of me because I'm that angry person. I'm that angry person. That's not good. And then isolation, when we neglect our inner life, we start telling ourselves stories that nobody loves, nobody cares about me. It's not fair, poor me, all this. And we start isolating And when we live at a point where our natural tendency is isolate like a seven or an eight, a little bit of someone doing something to us that that we have just interpreted in a certain way pushes us over to the point that we we blow, okay? This next picture is kind of a picture of what happens. This is what happens when we neglect our inner life. Now, one of the things we said this last, uh, that first message, is, is that when our gauges are stuck, there's a key to slowly beginning to lower those gauges day in and day out so they're at a normal place, so they're at a healthy place. And what we said is the key to lowering the levels is, first of all, awareness. And, and that's what we kind of created in that first message in Grant's message is this understanding of just saying, okay, 
Where am I on my journey? Okay, all right, I'm actually in a place where my gauges are pretty, pretty stuck. And so we challenge you to just become aware of where you're at. And many of you have contacted me and said, you know what, my gauges have been stuck. And just being aware of that has helped me start putting some things in perspective and starting to get that in control. The other thing we ask you to start becoming aware of is the person of the Holy Spirit and how central he is to everything about your inner life. That he is the person that Jesus sent to you to walk alongside with you so that your inner life is a healthy place. And so, and so those two things. It said, so the key is lowering awareness and the second is prayer. The second is prayer. And so those two things are the key to a healthy inner life. Now, one of the things we also unpacked over the last, uh, those first message is just an understanding. And this is going to be crucial to understanding, deepening your prayer life today is that you are a complicated, created person. That is to say that you are not just a physical body. Let's go ahead and throw that picture up there. You are a body of a physical body. You have an external existence and that's important, but between your soul and your body is this thing called the mind. And this is where your feelings and your thoughts process. And those are the things that feed your soul Remember we said that the soul was that part of your life where you are who you are. You are the person you were created to be. There's the uniqueness of you found in that soul. And then the core of your being is your spirit. And that spirit is the place where you were created to be united with God. And and this is the deepest part of who you are. Now, here's one of the big things I want you to understand as we start talking about prayer in relation to this picture. And just go ahead and leave that picture up there for a while. All right, so here's the deal I want you to understand about this, this thing. Is that many people get frustrated with prayer because the only prayer they have ever done involves their outer life, involves their physical self. And so it's about repeating, memorized prayers for some people. For other people, it's just about that kind of prayer that's called intercession, where you ask God for stuff. My whole relationship with God is, you know what, God, I need this. This isn't working. What are you going to do about this? God, I need this. I need this, this. And so it's all concerned about your outer life. Now, please hear me on this. I'm not saying intercession bad. In fact, I do it every day. I'm for it. God wants you to ask him for your daily bread. But listen, if that's the extent of your prayer life, you're going to get really confused because the inner life informs how you're supposed to respond when God doesn't answer the prayers of the things God, you know, the the things that we ask God to do that he doesn't do. And so there is a level of prayer that is about that outer life. But if you don't get past that, well, then you're totally missing um, the best parts of prayer, actually. There's also a prayer that's meant to be about the mind. This is about understanding proper thinking and understanding God, change my heart, change my mind, Holy Spirit, teach me. This is why the scriptures become really important. We're going to talk about that deeply next week. But we learn how to pray the scriptures and read the scriptures and listen to the Holy Spirit through scriptures. It allows us to have perspective shifts in such a way that, you know what, I, I had this attitude where, you know what, I was focusing on what I don't got and what I didn't happen and what, what everyone else has and how disappointed I am with that. And, and, and a perspective shift in our mind would be, but you know what, what do I have? And when was the last time I expressed gratitude and thanksgiving for all the things that are right about my situation? And that healing of the mind 
totally changes your life. And there's a bunch of those kind of mind perspective shifts that prayers give you. Many times uh, written prayers help. That is to say the prayers of other people who've gone through things that you have gone through and they just pray it out and their words become your words, become your heart. There's a lot of that in the devotion this week. Now the third kind level is prayer for the soul. This is the place where you are just able to be the most you. If you come to that place in prayer and you're full of thanksgiving and happiness and joy and praise, God just delights to meet you in that place of your soul and and God enjoys being with you on the soul level on the other hand if you're at the point where you know you're broken you're overwhelmed you're weary you're going through a season of grief there is a level of prayer where the comfort of God that's one of the things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do he said he will comfort you meet you on the level of the soul and so things like the Psalms become incredibly important on the soul you know what else is incredibly important on the level of the soul some of you experience it so deeply is worship when you can come in and you can sing and the song is expressing your heart, whether it be gratitude or praise or fear or anxiety, a declaration of faith where you're singing to your own soul, God meets us in our soul's worship. You know what? One of the things you never consider is that, is that God enjoys our worship because that's where he meets with our soul. He takes delight in meeting with you on that level because he really likes who you are and who you're becoming as his child. And and so God enjoys worship. I don't know if you ever thought about God enjoying worship because that's actually the most important question. Not did I enjoy worship, but did God enjoy my worship? And did I meet God on a soul level? But there's a level of prayer that heals our soul. And some of us have never prayed like that. And then the last level is a prayer in the spirit. And in my life, this has gone to a place that's beyond words. This is a place where the spirit of God, the presence of God is just so real. I'll just say it this way. When I'm in that kind of prayer and that kind of spirit prayer, the spiritual reality for me is more real than the physical reality. The spiritual reality is more profound than the physical reality. And so it is more real than this table. That there is a level of prayer where where God's spirit just comes to you with his comfort, with his presence. And and he doesn't necessarily say anything. He doesn't necessarily do anything. He doesn't necessarily teach me anything. He doesn't commission me or something. He just is with me. He just loves me. And for me, it comes in times of silence, in meditation, where I experience God in a way that is the most profound and the most wonderful way. You see, when I was young, I thought prayer was an obligation of something you did just to make God happy to jump through his hoops. God is a big joy killer, and so I better do this stuff or he's going to smite me or something or really mess up my life until I do it. And then someone came along and said, you know what? Prayer is just talking to God. And that was very liberating for me. And I said, okay, I'm just going to talk to God. And that moved me into a place, you know what, where my soul started getting nurtured. And someone said to me, well, you know, you can pray the scriptures. And then my mind started being, being stimulated. But then when the spirit of God started becoming real in my life, and I started learning how to be still before God and to listen to God and just be with God, because that's the ultimate experience of, of God. It's not hearing him or listening to him or saying anything from him or learning anything from him. The ultimate experience for God for me is simply being with God. That's when there's a level of intimacy and depth that absolutely begins to change me. It makes me into a person that, that, that just can stay calm in storms and, and, and gets the right perspective. That's what I want to call you to. That's what I want you to be passionate about. Now, now how are we going to do that? What we're going to do is we're going to move from the outer parts of our life 
to the inner parts of our life. Now, for some of you, I'm calling you to new behaviors, okay? And so there's going to be some frustrations. There's going to be some distraction. But this is worth the time. It is worth the effort. It is what heals your inner life. If you've made up your mind, you've already told yourself, I'm too busy, I can't do it, try this stuff before, it's not going to work. Well, well, good luck with well-being. Because prayer is where the battle is fought. Prayer is where the healing is found. And so it is worth making this the biggest priority in your life. It's actually more important than your job, than school. It's more important than your family, as crazy as it sounds. You say, how can it be more important than my family? Because you're a mess when you don't pray. You're not the person your family needs when your inner life is in crisis. But when, there are times when I'm just not doing well. I'm overwhelmed and I'm selfish and I'm all about me. And, I, I did. and my wife will actually say to me, why don't you go pray? You just need to go pray. And she is a prayer warrior, my wife. She's absolutely amazing. Her inner life is something I look at and envy and say, I wish I, I loved and was close to Jesus like that. So this is worth the effort because what we're calling it to is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay, notice it wasn't activity, it wasn't just doing stuff. We're going to call it some of that, but ultimately it's a relationship with the Holy Spirit who will teach us to bring scripture and prayer into every aspect of our life. So when the Bible says pray without ceasing or pray all the time, there is a level of spirit-filled prayer where there is an awareness of God that shapes how you live every moment of every day. And so that's what we're being called to. So the first step is this, is you got to plan your daily life around prayer. This is that external thing. So there is some doing to this. There is some planning to this, that if you don't have a plan to pray, you're probably not going to pray. It's going to get squeezed out, or it's going to be driving on home, oh, Lord, please help me get through this day, that kind of stuff. And that, hey, if that's what you got, that's what you got. But, hey, you can do a lot better. But if you don't schedule time to pray, it's not going to happen. Listen to the priority for the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Anybody could use some joy. Joy comes through the presence of God. There is nothing that will give you true joy in this world. So quit trying to find the joy in this inner world. He said, let your reasonableness known to everyone. He says, let your life just be something that people go, okay, this is a person whose life is, there's something else in charge of this life. He says, because the Lord is at hand. The understanding that God is always there, it's just that when we hear his voice, we harden our heart. We, we fill our life with other things. But the Lord is at hand. He said, don't be anxious about anything. He says, so don't let that gauge go up. Don't let that get out of control because you're thinking about that. You're planning that. You're, you're having conversations in your head about how you're going to fix it. You're strategizing, all those kinds of things like that. He says, rather than do that, he says, in everything, in prayer. He says, bring everything in prayer and bring it again and again and again. So how, how am I supposed to know when I'm done praying? Well, when you're done worrying, then you probably got that place. He says, through prayer and then supplication. Supplication is that thing of saying, God, hey, however you want to work this out. Because whatever I'm going through that I think is such a big deal, in this life, it's a temporary thing. My eternal is with you. I'm just going to trust you. So through prayer and supplication, look at this, with thanksgiving, that's an attitude change, that I'm not going to focus on what I don't have, what God hasn't done yet. I'm going to focus on all that he has done. You start making a list of the good things in your life, and all of a sudden you say, man, I just... I got a lot going for me. It changes that. He says, let your request be known to God. You just pour it out to God. That's soul language. That's a deeper kind of walk. He says, look at this. And the peace of God, anybody use some peace? That there's no peace without prayer. 
There's no true joy without prayer. If I had a plan B, if there were a, bell, a pill, we would pass them out at the Welcome Center. But they don't exist. We're not going to pass out pills. So just, just so, I, that's that. We're not going to happen. Overseers all looked up. It was not good. And so, i to talk to Paul. And verse 7, peace of God which surpasses understanding. There is a peace that is nonsense. That is to say, wait, you're sick, lost your job, this happened, this happened, this, your kids, and this and this. And how are you not freaking out? Well, because there's a peace that defies all that, that connects us with the eternal, that helps us to see that the spiritual is more real than the temporary physical. That this is all perishing and will be renewed, but it's, it's going away. The spiritual is what's real. He says, and then that peace will then guard. It will protect your heart. Your heart in the biblical understanding of the heart is your will. It's where you make your choices. It will guard your choices, how you live. And your mind, your thinking in Christ Jesus. And so there is this thing of prayer that is absolutely healing. And without it, there's just not another plan B. This is the place where you move from the outer life into your inner life. So first thing we want to do is you want to plan your life around prayer. I make an appointment with God. I just set it up in the morning and, and I've got one at noon. I've got one in the evening where it's actually on my calendar. Where you can go to my calendar, you can see, you know, I just, you know, I, I've just got it marked out. And, and those are times where if I don't do that, if something pushes it out or I get too busy or too self-important, you know, it, it, it's just crazy. I, I've learned from an older pastor years ago that he, he said to me, he said, here's the deal, Paul. The temptation when you get busier is to work harder. He says, the truth is, the busier you get, the more important prayer becomes. So if you're busier, then prayer needs to become a bigger priority, not a lesser priority. Because you get to that thing of going, 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 and you're just doing the best you can do. <laughs> oh, my gosh, think of what you just said. If it's up to you. And so prayer becomes the priority. Second thing is set your minds on things that's above. This is praying on the level of the mind. This is including the word of God, the presence of God, the names of God. Look what it says. It says, set your mind on things above, eternal things, not on things of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ, that the temporary is fading away. It's not real. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. And so you set your heart on where you're headed in your eternal perspective. And it changes the way you think. Is it going to look for this temporary thing or this eternal thing? Any problem you have as a follower of Christ, eventually it goes away. It's temporary. But God's love and eternity for you, that's forever. And so what are you going to live for? What are you going to set your mind on? What's God's perspective on this? This person in front of me, you know, if I'm living externally, I'm going to be on revenge level. I'm going to be on competition level. I'm going to be on, you know, you know degrade them to make myself feel better level. But when I set my mind on things above, what can I do to serve? What can I do to love? What can I do to make that person better and that person to know God loves them so very much? You see, it changes everything. This is why you study the scriptures and you see the scriptures. And when you open the scriptures, you expect the spirit to speak to you. Because wherever passage you're at, it's not an accident. Because God has brought you there and he wants to say something to you. But again, if your mind is, it doesn't work or it can't, I'm too busy, then, then you've already set your mind on failure. But when you go with expectation, when you come to church with expectation, God, I expect you to speak to me. God, I expect you to meet me here. God, I expect you to do some healing here. God, I expect you to use me in some way to love someone here. I just expect you to be at work, God, because the word says you are always at work. When you shift your mind like that, it changes everything. Third thing, we lay our soul bare before God. And so we move into that soul level. Look what it says in Psalms 139, 23. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart, the deepest part of me, my very, my very 
motivations and my will. Try me and know my thoughts. See what I'm thinking and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. God, this is where you deal with me. God, whatever's going on with me, show me, teach me. God, if you're going to come and and life's coming, I'm just going to lay my burden. If I'm mad at you, God, I'm going to express that. If I'm sad, if I'm depressed, I'm just going to be me with you in prayer. I'm going to lay my soul before you, and I just want you. I'm going to trust the things you say, even if they're hard. Because I trust that, that you're for me and you're working with me. That, that you love my soul more than I do. There's an old hymn we used to sing. Jesus, lover of my soul. I mean, he is fighting for you. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give you life. That your soul might flourish. That part of you that is the most you, that is the eternal part of you, is the most profound thing. And, and Jesus just loves it. when we come to him, and we're honest, and we talk about what we feel, and we engage the Psalms, and this is where he heals, and he, perspe- he, he just, the Holy Spirit becomes that great comfort in the most wonderful way. The fourth thing we're going to do is, and this is, this is something that it, it's so hard to describe what it's like and what to do until you experience it, but it's worth struggling with it, is we're going to unite our spirits with the Spirit of God. So Jesus, before he went to heaven, John 14, 15, and 16, he said, listen, I'm going to go to heaven, and that's okay, because there's really only one of me, Jesus, in his physical form. He said, but I'm going to send another one. He says, I'm going to send it. The word is the paraclete. And sometimes we translate it comforter. Sometimes we translate Holy Spirit. But literally the word paraclete is the word that means one who walks alongside you. He says, I'm going to send someone to walk alongside you who will be with you. And listen to what it says about the relationship your inner life is supposed to have with the Spirit. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5. And there are dozens and dozens of verses like this. It's amazing when you start seeing the centrality of the role of the Holy Spirit in your inner life. It, It just comes off every page. He says this. He says, for those who live according to the flesh, external life, set their minds on the flesh. Temporary things, things you can't control, things that aren't going to last. But those who live according to the Spirit, so in relationship to the Spirit, learning from the Spirit, receiving comfort from the Spirit, the Spirit will correct us, the Spirit will do all kinds of things, live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the thing the Spirit says, hey, pay attention to that. Focus on that. Hey, that's what's important. They set their minds on things in the Spirit. Verse 6, for they set their minds, uh, for to set your mind on flesh, listen, is death. It's high gauges that are about to blow. It's, it's frustration. But to set your mind on the Spirit brings life and peace. And so here again, I just want to say, if the Holy Spirit is a stranger to you, get to know him. He, he is going to walk out of church with you today. You know, you maybe have been ignoring him. So, you know, I get God the Father. I get the Jesus thing. A lot of people, I just talked to Jesus. So other two guys, I don't really know what they're doing. Introduce yourself. Say, Holy Spirit, I know you're there. I need to get to know you. And what you will find is an intimate friend, someone who loves you the way Jesus loves you. The one Jesus sent to you as the gift so that you wouldn't be alone in this life. This is the person of the Holy Spirit. And then start learning how to walk with him, ask him, engage him. I start my morning, Holy Spirit, show me what you wanted me to see. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. I'll walk by people who I know going hurting just, you know, through life in the hallway and church. Say, I know what that person going through, Holy Spirit. Just be everything they need. Be their comfort, be their correction, be their wisdom. Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. So I'm talking to the Holy Spirit all the time. But it starts with that pattern time of prayer. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, but walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That is to say, keeping connected with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit corrects me. He convicts me. and says, you don't want to go there. You don't want to say that. You don't want to get upset about that. You don't want to focus on that. Let's get back over here. Holy Spirit protects me, verse 17. For the desires of the flesh, look at this, are against the Spirit. 
So there are things that my, my flesh, my temporary, does, it just, it's against what the spirit wants. And, my desire, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other and keep you from doing the thing that the, you want. And so if you're not walking with the Holy Spirit, aware of the Holy Spirit, in relation with the Holy Spirit, praying to the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit speak to you, well, then you're cutting yourself off from that thing that Jesus sent to help you walk in the way you should. One more verse, Romans 18, verse uh, 8, verse 15. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery. You enslaved anything? Something in the external part of your life controlling you? He said, you have not been given a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Okay? Without the Holy Spirit, you should just expect your fear gauge to be high. Okay? You, you fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons. That is to say, you are precious to God. You have been given an eternal place in God's family. Your eternal destiny, your forever destiny is just awesome in spite of the temporary things you're going through in this life. The spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Daddy. That's what Abba means. Father, that's the soul crying out in brokenness and fear. We, because we're children of God, we can do that. Who gives us the ability to do that? Look at this, the Spirit of God. For the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And that, for me, is the most profound, the most profound um, experience of that inward prayer that I'm talking about, that, that Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God unites with my spirit. Now, now this is kind of how it works in my life. So like I told you, I, I, I organize my life around three times of prayer. And sometimes they're short times, sometimes they're long times. There are days where I don't pray at any one time long, but there are not days where I go very long without praying. Because my prayer is meant to be a springboard into making prayer something I'm doing constantly throughout the day. I'm constantly engaged. So even when I'm doing that drive time thing, that's not the first time I'm praying. And so, so it sets this pattern of prayer. So I start in the morning, I just wake up. Many times I just open up my eyes and first thought, I just turn my mind to God. I, I start talking to the Holy Spirit. In my early time, I, I usually have a, a short devotional time, a scripture that I'm looking at, maybe a scripture I'm memorizing that I just go over in my mind and my head. And, and so that usually is not my deep time of prayer, you know, because I'm just not a very good Christian early in the morning. And so, um, uh, I, you know, so I just have to deal with that. And, and, but there's always that time where I set the course of my day and say, Holy Spirit, walk with me. I think of the big nasty things I got to do in the day, the hard things, the things I've been anxiety about. Holy Spirit, I got to give you this. Holy Spirit, I got to just trust you. have a plan for that. Holy Spirit, I'm not in control of this. You got to do this. And I just kind of set my day with the Spirit. And I actually imagine myself leaving the house, going to my day with the Holy Spirit. He's a great fisherman. He fishes with me all the time. Some of my best times are with the Holy Spirit, you know, in my boat. I mean that. It's just, it's where I connect. But in the middle of the day is usually the time I will have some of my most profound spirit-filled times of, of prayer. And that's the time where I'll take some extra time to look at the scripture. That's some time where I'll just quiet myself. I'll, I'll learn to breathe and I'll learn to just let every anxious thought come. And, and what I used to do, because this is why a lot of people don't pray. I get nervous, I get anxious, and, and it's just, ah, ah. And, and what I used to do is actually had a piece of paper by me and everything that I just had to do and had to remember, I just make a list. I said, okay, this is on my mind. And I get out of my head onto paper. I've got to remember to do this. Oh, that lampshade is crooked. Oh, you know, oh, this, and then after the end, I'm done praying. Say, well, that's a silly list. I don't need to do any of that. I throw it away. And so that's the deal. But what it does is it tricks me into not being distracted by the devil's schemes. And, and what I've learned to do now is when I'm in that place and something comes up, I just say, Holy Spirit, I believe in trusting you enough that this thing that I'm anxious about 
If it needs to come in my mind again, you will bring it. And so I'm just going to let it drift away. I just imagine it drifting away. And then I pray. Many times I do some scripture memory uh, and some scripture I'll read. Sometimes I do prayers that become precious to me that I've I've committed to memory or I have written. Or or the devotion has many of these this week. And, and, And I just quiet myself over time. Sometimes I'll play worship music. And I can actually feel myself shrinking into my inner life. And there is a place, I actually imagine it as a room where God the Father, God the Son, they are there. And the Holy Spirit is a friend. And there are times they don't say anything, they don't be anything, but they're the kind of friend that you can be with and you don't have to say anything. You got a friend like that? Well, the Holy Spirit. And, and, and just when, when I'm with the presence of Spirit, that Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testifies with my Spirit that I'm a child of God. And remember who He is, and remember who I am, and it is healing and doesn't necessarily fix anything. When I come back into the real world, you know, that is actually the shadow lands, they're not the real world. When I come back into that real, my goodness, you know, many of the same things are going on, but I'm different. And I look at them different and I handle them different. Because many times the way God would answer our prayers is first by changing us so that we start addressing things in different ways. That's inner light, that's the prayer. And, and in the evening, I, I, I just close my eyes, and the last thought I, I have is for God. And, I, and I, of course, I have all the other things. I pray for my kids. I pray for my wife. I have an ongoing prayer list as one of my morning routines, one of my morning tasks is, is I have a long list of many of you. If I say I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. I actually got a, a daily kind of prayer list that I go through, and I, I just pray over those things and, and ask the Holy Spirit to work how he wants to work, and all that becomes part of your life. And then the conversation goes throughout the day. You see, when you build your life around prayer, it becomes the most greatest, the greatest joy. There are times in that inner life where the presence of God is just so real. It's just, it's a tangible joy. It's an unbelievable peace. It's a healing kind of thing in the most profound way. And, and there are days when it's very hard. There are days where it's a deep and profound struggle. But man, and there are days where I'm foolish enough to not take time to do it, you know. Um, but when I do, it absolutely changes everything. You know, I want to challenge you this week I want to challenge you to pray. One of the questions we ask people all the time is, where are you on your spiritual journey? I want to ask you, where are you on your prayer journey? You're saying, you know what? I'm all external. I'm the person who really has written off prayer because I had a bad experience with prayer. All I do when I pray is feel guilty or feel bad. You know what? That's where you're at. Well, your step's going to be is going to grab the devotion. And the devotion is just kind of one of those deals where you just quietly learn how to, to talk to God, to experience God, which is a really cool thing. Maybe you're a person who say, you know what? I had a prayer life like that. What happened to that? Well, why did I let that get squeezed out of my, my, my life? Something changed. And, and what I found in my life is that I don't just wake up one morning and say, you know what? I'm going to quit praying. I drift. It becomes less important, less important, less important. And then life happens, and then I swim back to where I'm supposed to be. And so maybe you're here to say, I've got to rediscover that. I haven't been taking my time. Prayer has not been real in my life. Uh, maybe for you, you're a small group leader and say, we need to talk about prayer in our group because we have an opening prayer and a closing prayer and we pray for the food. But what would it look like for us as a people to get to know the Holy Spirit through the person of prayer? Maybe for you, you're here today and say, you know what? I've always been a little freaked out by the Holy Spirit. You know what? I want to know the Holy Spirit better. And so this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intentionally plan, even after you write yourself a note to remember, talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit, you know. Uh, Maybe you're going to incorporate worship into your week this week. But the point is, there's a step for you to take to deepen your prayer relationship. It is the central issue in your well-being. It is the thing that lowers the gauges. It's the thing that changes things by changing you. 
It changes things by changing you. All right, I'm going to pray, and the team's going to come out, and they're going to lead us. Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you that you delight to meet us in prayer. You take great joy in our prayers because you get to be with us. You get to speak to us. Thank you that you love our soul. Thank you that you love who we are and who we are becoming in Christ. And prayer is the place where that is healed and put back on track. Thank you that you send your Holy Spirit to meet us in times of brokenness and joy, in good times and bad times. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, Holy Spirit, testify with our spirit, reminding us that we are children of God, sons and daughters of God. We remember who we are and who you are and eternal things. Teach us to pray. Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. Give us the wisdom and the courage to order our day around concentrated times of prayer and then weaving prayer through in everything we do. Father, in those times when it's hard or it's difficult or we're frustrated or we're tempted to go into the flesh and embrace bad attitudes and negativity, Holy Spirit, just come and empower us, encourage us, and this week, just teach us to pray. Pour your spirit over everything you're doing in the new building uh, that is being constructed. May it not be about a building or a structure because all that's temporary but may it be about the lives of people who will be transformed through worship and through grow and through belong and through share and, and through service, Father God. Just, just make your spirit just even now begin to swim around that place and fill that place even as um, all this work is getting ready to get started. We thank you and we praise you and we lift you up all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.